Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Jim Gray. Hey, hey. Talking about Gray. Jim Gray. Jim Jam. Gray Slide. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Jim. Ah, ah, ah. football fans, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be in the game this year, but you can still be on the action at Bet Online. I know I'm going to bet more when they add a wager for when the cardboard cutouts start a fight with each other. Then I'm going to be super stoked. So, from game spreads to totals, team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well, it never closes. So, head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book expert. Man, long time. <laughs> Is I like the art school shirt, the Mark Mark Kowalczyk team. Uh, yeah, a little Kowalczyk throw out. So, so we're gonna start this this uh, podcast the way I start all my podcasts. That's just by asking the first question. That's I'm Jim Gray. Who the hell are you? Yes, very nice. This is Frankie Hill. Frankie Hill. Well, it's nice to hang out with you. I mean, we're like we're like we're like a couple of people that like have probably crossed paths a million times we've been in the same culture in the same industry but we've never really hung out we've never Correct. sat and had a conversation so this is Correct. kind of our first real conversation uh at least absolutely that's true I think that's cool for people to know you know i mean because not every one who was ever a pro skateboarder knows every other pro skateboarder that's correct. I've seen you at the castle contest. I've seen you hammering away, dude. So I just have yep. my phone as you do. Yep. So I'm a, so my my you know I'm so my podcast is so different than most of the others because I'm not really I'm not here to analyze all your videos and and I mean skaters that have skated their whole lives have watched your videos. I mean uh, to me, you are the original badass. Like you're the guy that made, paved the path for. Uh, Jamie Thomas and uh, and guys like Jaws today doing really big ass stuff. That's how I see it. Um, and to be honest, I was so deep in the industry, sponsor guy, pro skater, making skateboards, so on and so forth. I didn't really sit around and watch and analyze all the videos. I, I took stuff for what I saw. I judge most people based on witnessing them skate. I'd still, I'm still kind of old school in that regard. Um, I, I know you kind of you cross over in that realm because you are an early street skater who's still got into skateboarding through competition and got noticed through competition and got sponsored through competition and watched it change to where guys where they told you to sit down and not compete because we're going to sell you on video and then a whole new generation of kids who came up on video who never competed so that's right so talk about that how that how you saw that happening okay well yeah, I mean, that, that, that pretty much is the, the deal, you know. I, I started out going to some really small contests, and, um, you know, I did pretty well for my age group, you know, just trying to, you know, get in there and do the best you can, of course. And, um, you know, seeing the guys like Jesse Martinez and Nottis and you and everybody hammering away on those contests, it, uh, you know, it definitely kept me focused and, you know, trying to do the best that I can. 
And then, of course, during one of the castle contests, uh, Jesse Martinez, you know, was a judge. The man. And I talked to him a little. I, yeah, dude. <laughs> and I talked to him after the contest a little bit, and he ended up getting me hooked up with Dogtown. So yeah. that, that's yeah, you exactly wrote for the Dogtown in the awesome era. You wrote for the Dogtown with all the badasses of Dogtown. Yeah, dude. I mean, it feels pretty surreal now. I mean, sometimes when I talk about it, it's like, man, I know it was real. I was there, but it was almost like a half dream because completely did it. Dude, you'd see Aaron Murray and Scott Osser going off the jump ramp and clinking trucks when they did methods. I mean, it was like it was and if you crossed the path wrong in Venice, they just beat you up on the site on the spot, anyways, too. So you always had an extra. There's an extra level of danger beyond the skateboarding, too. Brutal, dude. Some side dude would come in and shank you. You know, they uh, it was a different a different world for sure. Um, so definitely slow you down. Like one most amazing session where you went and sessioned with all those guys. And it was like, just blew your mind. Like I'm with these gnarly Dogtown dudes and, and we're just, we own this right now. Um, I never really got a, to do like a private session with those guys, but I did get to skate the same jump ramp during a castle contest. And um, it was, it was amazing. I got to, I got to skate with, you know, the Scott Oster, you know, uh, Tim Jackson was obviously killing the flat ground and all the originality there and murray and um you know pretty much all those guys i got to you know skate a little bit you know i'm skating next to them you know not really oh, which you is know, a lot i mean yeah i mean when you talk about that in general i think about the same thing that that one of, I, have, I have a picture in my office next door where jay adams is laying on his belly taking a picture of me grinding on a hip and that's like that's so the kid in me is like oh no that's jay adams you know, he's not laying on his belly and he actually laid on his belly and told me, I want you to grind that hip. And I, you know, and just all skateboarders grow up as fans of everybody they're looking up to when they grow up. And so to right. see the guys you were fans of, you know, and, and have joined in with them, skate with them and then have them actually tell you, dude, that was rad. Or I like that. Yeah. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty special experience. Yeah, dude. It's, it's like a miracle. Yeah. Well, you skateboarders know, I remember big fans of each other. That's right. Everybody's a fan of each other, dude. That's, that's totally the name of the game, dude. Well, because we're all of a different style. I mean, I, right. I could do something that you'd go, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And then you'd do something, I'd go, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not even, there's no way I would ever try that. Um, and, uh, and I think that's where the respect just comes from, the styles and changes. Yeah. And some people are aggressive and some people are smooth. And, and I think a lot of it's born in you, you know. That's right. So you were pretty That's aggressive. Funny. So I, I assume you were probably an aggressive child. I'm assuming you jumped off shit and, you know, um, you know, jumped off roofs. I mean, I did. I freaking jumped off roofs into pools and freaking into the grass yeah. and just like I'd do anything to be crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that was that was born into me pretty quick. You know, my I grew up, you know, and my dad used to have these little games he would play. Like I'd run back and forth and he'd throw, you know, pillowcases at my feet and knock me down and she'd say okay Frankie go climb that tree out onto that limb and I'd climb about halfway out onto a limb and lose my balance and like you know like just put my hand above it just to swing myself around I wouldn't land on my head you know and you know so it was uh yeah dude it was like just to go for it kind of mentality you had you know? it built into you and then you had dad who who, who pushed you along yeah correct that's pretty cool absolutely 
So let's let's talk about just some people and stuff in skate. Not so much about skateboarding, but like you skated for Powell. I mean, that was at the time you skated for Powell. Uh, that yeah. was the king of skateboarding. They were to get on Powell was a very elite thing. I mean, it really was. You know, um, uh, I think I I I actually watched some of you talking Schmidt podcast, which is funny because I don't really watch podcasts. And to be honest, I never I've I've done thirty podcasts so far, and I've never written down a question. You know, but, yes. uh, because we have never really talked one to one. I go, I probably I should probably watch some of this and. And see some of this. So, and I saw where it said your first uh, interaction with Todd uh, Todd Hastings. He shut you down. Um, mm -hmm, correct. And then eventually worked your way. Well, hello there. That's oh, your daughter. This is, this is my little daughter, Frenchie. She's uh. She's five. She's five. Frenchie, you're five. How are you? And I'm, and I'm in school. You're in school. You're in homeschool now, aren't you? Well, that's right. Making it easy on them these days, man. Yeah, no more easy on them. But how about you? What's that? I got something to show you. Okay, you got something oh. to show me. I love this. I love interactive. This is where you, you definitely <laughs> wish it was all video because we'll have to explain what you're showing us. Okay, show all us. All right. Oh, how cute is that? When did you get that? It's a sunny day puppy. I got it for Christmas. A sunny day puppy under the tree. Very cool. I like Very it. Very cool. So, so um, do you have any brothers or sisters? No, I'm the only child in this family. Does that mean you're spoiled? <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking a little bit. Um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. That's right, man. <laughs> I love that. It, it, what's really funny is when kids you know as kids grow up and have kids, you know, so... yeah. Um, I still like I did a podcast with Wee Man the other day and you know I met him when he was 13 or 14 he was a kid just it was a kid at a skate shop who came to a demo that I was doing um, and that's when we first met and then when you see guys now as adults and with their families and things like that you know um, th that always trips me out a little bit <laughs> seeing the next generation. Yeah dude yeah you know the, the focus was definitely on you know as much uh you know, skating and getting the tricks out and everything like that. But as the time evolves, you know, the story evolves too. And absolutely. I mean, so let's talk about that. We're grown ass men. How old are you? Um, I'll be 50, uh, February 18th. Amazing. That's awesome. I'll be 58 this year. So, uh, it's crazy, crazy how time flies. And when did you start skateboarding? When I was about 14 and a half. Okay, yeah, I, so we were probably you probably didn't start that much that much behind me. So you're almost eight years younger, and and uh, I probably started about probably rode my first skateboard at like ten or something like that. So I probably only got a couple I'll years. I'll be out. right back. Okay, I'll, I'll be waiting for you. I love that. <laughs> I, I love the honesty of children who just come into it and like. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mermaid with red hair. You have to guess it before I come back. I have to guess. All right. guess it. It's where am I guessing the mermaid's name? Yeah, for those of you who are listening to this on audio, uh, Frankie's daughter is coming in showing me stuffed animals, and I think she's going to get a mermaid right now. So, Well, I guess that's the way it happens. I'm, d I'm down with mermaids. So let's talk yeah. about some of the I, – I like, I like talking about people. So let's talk about, uh, like your, let's talk about your Powell people. Let's talk about the, the head honchos. How much direct interaction have you had with George Powell during those days? Um. I had a little bit. He was he was really busy on the uh, you know doing doing the day to day operations and stuff. But I do remember a time where I was skating the outdoor course, 
And, you know, I went down pretty hard and I must have split my shin open or something. I was kind of bleeding pretty good. And he cruised me back. Okay, Finch. Okay. Show him, show him the mermaid and then I have a story to tell, okay? Yeah, okay. All right, go ahead. Let me see the mermaid. Oh, you know what? It's funny. The screen doesn't get big if you're not talking. So that what a pretty mermaid. It's cool. Ariel. <laughs> it's Ariel. Look, I had to. I just opened my screen. Wow. Very cool, French. Do you have an? Do okay, you have an Ariel outfit? It's one of my bath toys. Oh, one of her bath toys. <laughs> all right, thank you, baby. And there's ants crawling all over them. Well, oh, then you need to go perfect. rinse them. Then you need to go rinse it off. You got a bath. A very adult thing called you know cleaning. My my, because the ants are crawling all over them, because. There's still water. All right. Okay. See you in a little bit, lovey. <laughs> see you in a little bit, Daddy. I love that. All right. So I was bleeding pretty good, and uh, George Powell came up and he cruised me back to the to the bathroom and um, you know helped me you know get back online and stuff. And the guy's always been really fair and you know. Well, I can tell I, you what's honest about you know my interaction as another skateboard guy. If I called. Uh, George Powell, we talked about what's going on in the biz in the business. If if sales were shitty, is when I was doing Acme skateboards. You know, I mean, we would talk honestly about things. Sales were shitty. He'd say they're shitty. If sales were strong, he'd say they're strong. We'd be real with each other. If I called like right. Santa Cruz, they'd say we're killing it, even if you knew they weren't. You know what I mean? It's like so. Uh, and George, you know, you'd just be open with each other. And if I'd go to town, I'd have dinner with him. You know, and it would be you know more as friends than you know than anything. And uh, right. So uh, yeah, I, I like the Powells. They they've always been. Been, been good to me and uh but I, I just didn't know how much interaction you guys would have i'm sure you had some but uh it's good to hear he patched you up when you needed it and how about stacy peralta well uh i had uh i had a little more interaction with stacy back then there was there was times where you know he would go and film for the band this video and uh me and mike v he showed up in town and we went and we skated a 14 stair kink out there in UCSB and Stacy was filming it at the bottom. And I tried to boneless to this, this rail a few times and uh, my foot got stuck behind the rail on one of my bales and it, and it just, it flipped my feet up behind my head in the air. And I came down, it's probably one of my worst bales actually. And I came down and I hit my face on the ground. I couldn't really get my hands completely out for some reason because I, I just couldn't fully block it. And it barely scraped my cheek and I scraped like some mud on the inside of my lip. And um, you know, I didn't blow any teeth out or anything. And, and then I ran up to the top of the stairs and I grabbed a, like a soda and I was washing my mouth out because in my mind I'm thinking, okay, this probably looked really bad. And, you know, in Stacy, you know, was pretty much kind of yelled at that point. He's like, we're done. We're done. We're out of here. And it was like, you know, kind of my worst fears at that moment. Well, but like and, he was uh, that because you didn't make it or upset that, uh, you well, know. he thought I was, he thought there was a good chance that, you know, I'm going to the hospital if yeah. I give this any more tries. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because I knew that, you know, this is one of those moments that you're just going to get a, a very few shots at this thing. And uh, I just said, no, no, no. And he was about halfway up the stairs. And I just grabbed my board and just ran and just kind of jumped on the, the rail. And right as I was doing that, I, you know, he kind of backed out a little bit and hit the record button. And that ended up being the, 
the make on the uh, band this 14 stair boneless to rail slide for the video. That's crazy. So that was just that was adrenaline running through you, adrenaline and uh, not wanting to blow your opportunity with Stacy filming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get it. I see. I get both sides. I mean, that's uh, you know, as a weird thing as far as me and skateboarding, uh, I was a little bit George Palks. I had a big factory. I made skateboards. I sponsored guys. I wrote checks. But I also was the other guy doing inverts and while Grant Britton took my picture. You know what I mean? So I know. I know all sides of it, and uh, it's. Um, the pressure, yeah, there's no doubt. When it's time, it's time to step up. You got to step up, or you feel like you're letting the company down. You don't know if you're living up to your, you know, what they're paying you for, or whatever. Um, and then from I look at the company owner standpoint too. I'm scared. I don't, I don't want team writer to get hurt. I used to always look and tell my team guys as we st especially as we started getting in the '90s. I would tell guys, you know what, man, I want you to do what you want to do. You're a thrill seeker. I want you to go big, but I'm not going to tell you you got to go bigger or you're off the team because I don't want to put guys in wheelchairs and I don't want to freaking kill guys. And there was always that fine line because skateboarders Correct. are pushing each other. But I've heard many stories of company owners like, well, dude, if you don't step up, we'll get somebody else. It's like, dude, I wouldn't live with myself very well if I had a guy freaking snap his spine because I told him he needed to go bigger, you know? So Correct. Yeah, it's an extremely fine line. It's, it's one of those deals where on one hand, as a skater, you want to try to push I'm going to finish my story, okay? okay? Thank you. All right. On one hand, you want to push yourself. On the other hand, you want to make the guys proud. And it's really a fine line between, you know, for me too, my, my skill level sometimes wasn't really adding up to what I, I was it. trying. I was just saying, I wasn't the, the most natural guy. I was a good skateboarder, but I wasn't like the king of the world. So, you know, you know the deal. You just hack away the best you can. You try to make the impact. And sometimes things go south, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I know it's something that a lot of people don't really talk about is that there is so much, especially when you get into this uh, new world of everything happening on video, um, people doing really dangerous shit for a crack at something that's not very long-lived. You know what I mean? And uh, right. I always trip out a little bit that no one was telling them it's not very long-lived. And a, a lot of guys were kind of pushed on the assumption that this was going to go on forever for them if they kept doing it. And, uh, and, and I hate to see guys wreck their bodies. I, I know you wrecked yourself pretty decent. You know I mean? I, I, uh, in fact, you should tell us about that. I know you had some knee injuries and some stuff that, uh, that took you out for a while. Um, was that just from going too, right. too much? Um, well, it was a little bit of an interesting situation. I was skating the Pal factory for, you know, quite a few hours actually, and didn't make the trick that I wanted. So I was on my way home, pretty tired. A photographer for a major magazine showed up and was like, Hey man, let's get out to UCSB. I'm shooting a poster book. And I'm like, you know, it was an extremely big opportunity, of course. But you were tired and burned out. And he kind of got me out there and, you know, Obviously, the lesson learned on that one, I probably should have been even more selfish and shut it down. Yeah. But I went out there, and I, I did a backside lip side down a five-stair, you know, and you always want to have a backup picture because you never know how that one's going to turn out. And um, so I tried to ollie off nine stairs and over a wall that extended out. And uh, the truck, my front truck hit the edge of the wall. Oh. And, I, and I just didn't even feel it leave my feet. It was like a feather thing. And I thought I had the board under me, you know, because I'm, I'm scoping the landing. Pulled it out from under you? Yeah, just pulled the board out. And I came down with my front foot extended, and it just, it just exploded. And, of course, I screamed, and the whole thing was completely shot to 
smithereens. And, uh, you know, that, that actually took me out for about six years. Oh, well, yeah. No, I mean, it was gnarly. I've, I watched the kind of stuff that you did in that generation starting. And I, it would, it just looked at me like, damn, I'm glad I grew up in what I considered a much pansier generation. Cause we didn't have to kill ourselves to be pro skateboarders, you know? Um, and uh, yeah. And I've always, I mean, if you look in hindsight, I mean, does, 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 do you ever look at some of that stuff as like, man, it wasn't, well, I don't know if that was worth it or not, you know? Um, you know, and I guess it's what's different is okay. It's you. You still you have a great name in skateboarding. You're highly regarded. You're you're part of the iconic history of skateboarding. But there's a lot of guys like you that were trying that just to get their shot, and they got that knee injury, and they never got anything else. They're not sitting here doing podcasts talking about their history and their 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 career and so on and so forth. They they literally are just dude who's who's limping his whole life because he thought he had to do that. Um, and that was what was tripping me out is that was getting pushed in skateboarding. So let's face it, it's gotten pushed ridiculously. You know, uh, now I couldn't, agree, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, there's a ton of guys out there that that hurt themselves. Um, you know, and, and it's not only the guys that were pushing themselves that didn't make it. It was the guys that kind of sort of made it. Yeah. But then hurt themselves. And I mean, they, they're so amazing. Trend setting you know, legendary guys that, you know, their names really don't get brought up because, you know, they just, they got cut short just a little bit too early. And I mean, well, you got to make a splash to- now. You got to make a really big splash now. I mean, you know, yeah. how many dudes when you were out there, like as a pro street skater, were there that were pro street skaters technically that had models and so on. So there's a lot more focus on them as there was on us, right? When I competed against Tony and Christian, all guys, there was 40 guys, 50 guys in a contest, right? I could have got 20 in that. I was in that group, but I wasn't the top 10 guy like Tony and Christian and, 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 and all those guys. But, uh, yeah, but, but everyone remembered who we were. But as you got farther along in the 90s, you had, you're, talking, you're talking hundreds of people, hundreds of names. And now we're into multiple hundreds of hundreds. There's like five and six, seven hundred guys with models on different companies. And um, so to make a splash and be noticed is damn near impossible. You know, um, you know, and no matter how it comes up, it seems someone else just can, can, is going to appear and they have to one up it. And uh, it, it's unbelievable if you go back and think that, that it keeps progressing. I mean, 40 years later, I thought skateboarding was already gnarly. It's still getting gnarlier. Um, and and I, I just don't know where it's ever going to stop. I mean, uh, you know, and that's about, I mean, part of that's awesome because it just says the thing about human, human nature to keep pushing, you know, uh, and every variation of flip, spin, twist, you know, uh, height, whatever, you know, hang-ups. I mean, all the combinations in every regard that can happen anymore. It's just like it seems like when you can't think someone can try something, someone else comes up with another variation. Hang on, hang on one second, dude. No problem. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you in a little bit, okay, babe? I love it. Uh, kids, kids want to play too bad, whether they're on a podcast or not. Don't worry, Dad will be back soon. Oh. <laughs> All right, dude. Someone didn't want to get taken out of the podcast. You didn't want to get taken out of the mix, dude. Sorry. When I was five, I would have disrupted anything my parents did. So. Um, oh yeah, I know the deal, dude. Yeah, yeah, I would have been doing back. I would have been in the mix too. 
So tell me what you're doing these days. Um, well, you know, I still work for my stepdad a little bit. Yep. You know, uh, I do a little bit of prosthetic teeth making. Really? And I, I run a little lab, company a called Hill Skateboards. And yeah, I make prosthetic teeth. I actually work out of my garage and I work for a couple of different, different guys there. And, uh, you know, I run a little company called Hill Skateboards. Yeah, and that's, um, that's fun, you know. And you like yeah, to, it's fun. You know, you I like to interact directly with the people. Yeah. And Mark Kowalczyk, that's where we have a friend in common, our buddy up in Canada. Um, does, does Absolutely. He's a great dude. I actually did a podcast with him the other day. Um, he he nice. made so sort of on accident because he did a board with me and he just wrote, I'm Jim Gray, who the hell are you? So that was like, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, That's perfect. Dude. It was. That was the name of the show. It wasn't like I was, you know, I mean, I'm cocky like we all are, but I'm not that cocky. I wasn't going to name a show that, but I looked at this graphic I already had and I go, it's pretty funny. It's you know, super catchy, dude. I like show, it. Right? Because, you know, when you ask who the hell are you, that's it's introducing your guest. Correct. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I do tell me this about, I mean, this is the stuff. Skateboarders always just talk about videos and gaps. I know you've done lots of big gaps and we're way ahead of things. Let's talk about making prosthetic teeth. That's fucking epic. My, my real father, he died when I was three, was a dentist, you know, um, and uh, I actually had some discolored teeth, so I had some caps on my front. So I know, I know about teeth making. Are you getting, do you, do you contract out to dentists or to a, uh, does, a does a dentist send a, a sample that they, that they mold from somebody and you make a tooth to match or? Yeah, that's, that's basically the deal. They the impression, then they'll send it over to me and I'll, I'll just construct the tooth and, uh, it back and of course the name of the game is to to make it fit to make it as good as you can yeah, you know sometimes, sometimes they now they, they use computers and exactly that's that's the deal i mean you buy a quarter of a million dollar machine that's going to save the world and now all of a sudden you're sitting there busy as you've ever been because these things are just popping out trash as much as you know it's unbelievable but that's the way it goes ingenuity that's all right. So that's your so your day, your day to day regular gig is is uh, in the the teeth making lab. And how, uh, yeah. how how often do you skate? And where's your favorite place to skate? Well, right now I like to skate down the street. I got this little street tranny and this little bar that's right on the side of the sidewalk, and um, I like it because it's on a dead end street. No, nobody's gonna kick me out of there. Yeah. What city do you live in now? Um, I'm here in Ventura, California. Cool. I'm down here in Costa Mesa, so I'm not uh, yeah, not too far. Nice. nice. So back, so back in the day, you I mean, Santa Barbara scene was. Oh, was that's cool. We're breaking up a little bit. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. For a minute, I think the signal's getting bad. Um, yeah, I can so hear did you. Did you spend a lot of time skating Skate Street, or was that during a time when you weren't skating? It, the, um. Uh, can you repeat the question real quick? No, the, you know the Park Skate Street that was in Ventura? Uh, oh, yes. Did you, did you spend some time there? Um, was that an indoor park? It was an indoor park. Yes, I skated there like one time. I really w I, I wasn't living out here at the time. I only oh, skated okay. it like one time. But um, it had a really cool pyramid there. I, I wish I could have skated there more. I mean, the thing was like, like, it like, it was like five, six feet. Yeah. yeah, it was a pretty cool park. Super high halt wall ride in some like loading dock. I remember Eric dressing, get, getting like freaking eight feet of vert on a flat concrete wall. Uh, so crazy, dude. I love Eric dressing, by the way. 
Um, yeah. He, to me, was probably the ruler. Hybrid. I mean, he wrote everything. He ripped pools and he ripped a street course and, you know, ripped a vert ramp. I mean, it didn't matter what you put that kid on. He was just amazing. And he still is. He's still out there ripping. Yeah, dude. Total legend, dude. Always looked up to that guy. And, you know, I mean, he just rules, dude. Like you said, he does everything. He's actually a sweet human. He's actually very kind. I mean, our conversations are very, he's actually a very caring, he has a great heart you know, um, goes way, goes way beyond, you know, just his skating talent. You know, he's like, he's actually just a kind guy, you know? So I remember yeah, I just, he wrote something for me once uh, I bought, uh, they were selling the proof pages off the, I think it was the independent book or something like that. And I bought the proof pages with Eric's stuff on it and, and he signed it and he just put like, you know, I'm glad that you are my friend or something like that. It was just, nice. you know, it just made me like, and I still like, like, Oh, it touched my heart. So yeah, that's so killer, dude. So let's talk gotta, about Todd Hastings. Nice. These are guys that don't get a lot of press anymore because they're old guys. But Todd Hastings was part of the glue of skateboarding in, in the 70s through the 80s. And, you know, I don't know if maybe it's just the 80s, but uh, 80s up until the, the early 90s, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Todd, I tried to get on Pal early on. And, he, you know, they kind of shut me down because I was on Dogtown. And back then, you don't screw the other teams out of their guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at, at some point after that, I ended up getting on the team and, you know, he ended up being a master motivator for me. You know, I never would have did the propaganda hill jump without him. You know, he sat me down and he's like, look, dude, you do this, your life's never going to be the same. You know, and uh, he did, he kind of did that more than once. The backside 50-50 that I didn't ban this off the flat ground on the top, the high bar. And that was a direct result of Hastings, you know, basically plus placing a bet going, you know, let's, let's see you do this. If you do, you know, I got some for you, you know? And so he, he was able to get me to do a lot, you know, he's got maybe five, 10% credit of my parts, you know what I mean? Hey, Just no, 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 directly. I love that. That's why I brought his name up because I have a great respect for him. You know, I, um, you know, always rode for a different team, GNS, Blockhead, we're through all that. but I was always a little crossed over because I always had a little piece of something. You know, I owned this company with Larry Balma, who owned Transworld, so on, so we did stuff. So I kind of crossed over both sides, the skater, the team manager, you know what I mean? Like, and so I would always watch and observe, and um, and I really loved Brian Ridgeway from Tracker and and, uh, uh, and Todd Hastings, so on, so on. They all talked together. They respected each other. Said they didn't poach each other's team riders. That didn't really start. Right. started that later. Um, yeah. uh, that's one thing that people don't really realize that skaters are the ones who basically just tore skateboarding apart. You know what I mean? It's like they're yeah. like glue holding it together. Skaters themselves came in and undermined everything and turned it into chaos. And uh, but Todd was part of the the honorable part of skateboarding when when people did really look after each other and and try to cover keep keep each other's backs covered and look more. They cared more about just your skating. They wanted to make sure you weren't fucking your life up. They wanted to make sure you weren't drifting off and doing drugs. If you were in school, they wanted to make sure you still got through school and so on and so forth. And I don't know if that really happens too much anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. I think, I think, it, I think it would have been a lot easier to keep track of people back then, because as you stated, the, the, the encompassment of the skaters, there was only like, I don't know, whatever, call it 50, 100, whatever, yeah, you gotta, you not smaller. 500 million. Well, I can yeah, it's easier to keep track example. of you got. Just in the changeover, the good for for I, you know, 
you, when you wrote for Powell, I don't know, maybe Powell was one of the largest companies. They might have had 10 pro models. You know, I mean, a couple freestyle models, some street guys, some, you know, um, and then you move that forward, and that's that's in the you know the early mid '80s. But that by the time you got to the '90s, I manufactured skateboards, you know. And I would manufacture. Say, let's take Alien Workshop as an example. I manufactured skateboards for them. They had like eight to ten pros, and they yeah. each, each pro had three models. And then they also had Habitat, another brand under the, under the same. It'd be like Powell under the same company, and then they had like whatever seven or eight pros on Habitat, and they all had three models. You know, and then they, they did another brand called Dude. and they had maybe five pros and they all had two or three, you know, it's like, and so if you exponentially looked at all this product that was being made, um, and the same held true with, you know, giant distribution had element, new deal, blah, blah, blah. Even me at Acme, I had Acme, Formula One, Scarecrow. We had, you had to exponentially go out there to get people because people were only buying what came out with that was new. It was, a, it was a really weird, and there was also the whole kind of bastardization of amateur skateboarding, everybody became a pro. We, they turned everyone yeah. as the pro skaters stole from each other. And that's really what happened. How do we keep How do we keep someone from stealing Frankie if he's an amateur? Give him a pro model. That's what started happening in the early 90s. But before you know it, all of the amateurs were pro. But so you took a, a huge top-of-the-line company like Powell with 10 models, and then you go mid-90s, and you have Alien Workshop, who was maybe basically at the top in that time frame, and they maybe had 50 different models you know what i mean and then you and then you went and you and you also exponentially took the number of companies you went from powell santa cruz and you know vision whatever to you know giant distribution foundation birdhouse acme you know deluxe and they all had multiple brands and so we just went like woo, you know crazy crazy wide and um you know and and it just became right. insane it's a, whole, it's a whole different world correct absolutely no, it makes perfect. So I, I did hear something you talked about on, that was, I thought was actually kind of cool. Um, I didn't really know this, but I guess the, the Tony Hawk's game came out and, and they renamed the Mute Grab, the wet, the Weddle Grab. Um, which Correct. I know Chris, he skated with his big O when we were, when we were kids. And it, the ironic thing nice. is he's, um, he's deaf. He's not, he's not mute, but he was deaf. Oh. Um, but someone named it the, the, the Mute the mute grab after him. And I, I thought that was pretty cool that Tony uh, attached his name to it because uh, I think to sit and watch for 40 years, people doing a trick with your name on it uh, or that you did, but they didn't give you credit for. Um, that was pretty cool that Tony did. And, and I think that was brought up because you like to do mute grabs. I like to do mute grabs on, on vert ramps. One footed mutes. I thought were pretty rad. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't absolutely kick flip yeah. off launch ramps and shit like you were a whole new generation. So, yeah, I mean, it's totally cool. I mean, the guy invented the trick. I mean, give him some credit where credit's due. I mean, thank God it thank God it was righted, you know? Yeah, no, I, th I thought that was cool. It was just a good story. I thought I'd, I'd hear that. And I, I, there's something else I, I saw you talking about, what about videos, and this has changed a lot. Um, I was in one, one of the first real, like, team skateboard videos. It was a GNS team video. They said, hey, we got some kids from the local Palomar College down in San Diego in, a, in a, like, a TV video course. They're going to come film a video. We all met at Del Mar one day, and we shot a video in one day. That was the way it worked, you know. Uh, the shitty thing is we were kind of co-sponsored by Nike, and uh, we got shoes every couple months from them. And usually you had to wear them for a couple months because they were so stiff. They weren't flexible enough to skate in. Uh, but mm -hmm. my other ones were worn out. So the only ones I could wear were my new ones. And so the one day I got to have a video film, be in a video, I felt like I had two by fours on the bottom of my feet. 
Um, and, uh, and that was your shot. That's the shot you got, you know, but I heard you talking about how in some of the early pal videos, you got a day or a day and a half to shoot. Um, and on some levels, that's actually more pure because you really get to see how people skate. There's no second chances. There's no, um, my internet connection is unstable. Um, are you still hearing me? Okay. Yeah. You kind of froze there for a second. Oh, okay. It said my I, internet connection you, is unstable. So we'll just go do back. You want, do you want me to, uh, videos went from filmed in one day to filmed over months and months and months. Correct. You know, I mean, so the pressure was on you to perform when you had to shoot your video in one day. Absolutely, dude. That was, that was part of the deal. You know, they would come in, Stacy would come in and it would basically be, you know, Hey, you're going to get about three or four shots at this thing. If you don't make it, we're going to the next spot because we have to keep this thing moving. And it was a little bit tough, you know, to, to make the tricks, of course, but at the same time, there was two other parts to it. One is, Hey, you know, if this guy falls and goes to the hospital, it's going to be a short day. And, you know, plus the police might show up, yeah. you know, so there was a little bit of a method to the madness, but you know, well, the, I also think it's actually, there's a purity to it because true. You, you were real. You, we got to see how you really skated. Uh, and true. So, true. you don't know how much time someone puts into their part. So you compare two parts and you're not really comparing two guys. You're comparing two finished parts, but you don't Correct. have an idea that those two, the guy who had the technically not the most amazing part might actually be a much better skater if you watched him skate in person. Because when you watch people skate in person, you know who's, who's the better skater. You know I mean? You feel it. I mean, we felt that if we weren't the top guy, we felt we knew we couldn't be as good as Gons or Cab or, you know I mean? Whatever. You just knew it. You're like, I, I just thought I'm not that good. But if you keep filming me, maybe what I feel <laughs> like I am. So, uh, so I think that era where you were at, where they did film it today, it was giving you a more pure and honest view of, uh, of someone's talent. Right. Absolutely. There, yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's, that's just the fact of it. A few years later, you know, I had a video camera that I attached to my hip. I'd burn the video guys out. I'd, I'd burn the batteries out. I, you know, I'd cook everything, I'd melt the whole thing. And I just go 12, 15 hours straight, you know, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it for months on end, you know, you know, so it, the times definitely changed over time. You know, the way the video thing kind of evolved, you know, that's kind of the way it went, you know, once everyone had a video camera in their hand. Yeah, now, now it's just interesting because that seems to be where it just has stayed. It's just yeah. on the, you get introduced in video, you turn pro in video. Um, uh, one of the hardest things is see, we go back to your generation and we know why you became a pro. You had to, you had to compete your way in to earn that title. You know, and then now, since guys don't start by competing, um, it also makes there really no exit path. No one, no one knows when it's their time to kind of step off unless someone pushes them out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's the thing. But, but I think all the companies basically try to make the guys think it's going to last forever until they need someone new. And they push them away and get someone new. And it's, it's, uh, there's a little bit of a sadness from me as a skateboarder to that. Um, first thing, looking at a whole roster of names and not really understanding who's really who's the greatest skater 
you know, like I think they know who the greatest skater is, but you know, when we come from our generation where we realize that we knew who the best skaters were when we all actually did get to one of those events and you saw somebody skating, you just knew it. You just like, you could feel it. You could see who was the most consistent, the most stylish, you know, and even if they didn't win the event or like that, you just knew by watching for a whole hour while everyone's even practicing, you could just tell who dominated and, uh, and, and anymore that's, uh, such a small part of skateboarding uh everybody's out there based on just what is what's what's the clip going to be on thrasher you know and that's uh you know it's 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 good and it's bad you know as as far as the reality is is concerned so totally agree dude so is so in all the years of skateboarding i mean you seem like a real positive guy um is, is there anybody that you just you know, I'm not even saying you have to name names, but I'm saying, is there anybody that you just dreaded ever like running into, like somebody you just never liked, somebody just like bummed out your session, or you know, uh, or you'd rather just clobber over the clobber over the head with a baseball bat than be near them? I mean, there's a few I have. You know, I'm not going to name names either, but you know, I'd say 95% super positive my whole life. But there's a few people that you know. Um. Well, me, me in the skateboarding era, there was really knowing that I would say that I would really, you know, put in that category. Um, I think part of it was, is I would just surround myself with whoever was going to go skate the local spots in that area, wherever I went, you know? So, I mean, I never really, I never was really around anybody that I would, you know, consider somebody that I didn't really want to hang out with. And I don't know. I mean, I've not not really so much i mean if i won't name names but i actually knew a few people in my own town that you know ended up being like you know thieves yeah and you know like really kind of shady characters that skateboarded and they would kind of hang on hanger honors a little thing and then they would do things that would uh reflect bad on you because you maybe brought someone somewhere or something like that like that happened yeah, no, I, I totally get that for sure. You and you, and unfortunately, um, guilt by association is a is a is just a is a the reality whether people like it or not. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'd say you know I have lots of friends in skateboarding. I have a hundred times more acquaintances in skateboarding. You know, I mean, I'd surely meet up at a spot and go skate with, but I certainly don't know them well enough to to say they're like my friend. I can vouch for them. I you know. Right. And yeah, if those people start doing shitty things and you're, you're there with them, the people who saw you all roll up together, like, oh yeah, that's Jim's friend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're like, what the hell, dude? I don't, what happens? I don't even know what happened. Thing there are honors that we meet who use your name to name drop. You know what I mean? And you hear people will go, yes, I just I've said they're really good friends with you. You're like, whoa, well, we can yeah. each other. But you know what I mean? And they use that to make someone think you're friends so then they'll be friends. And there's been a few people who kind of came yeah. to reporting who I've gotten calls from people like I do you know this girl or do you know? And then, and like everyone's asking the same thing because I thought she was your friend. I thought she was your friend, you know, and there's someone who's just trying to become like in the scene. And, um, and sometimes it's for weird motivation. Sometimes it's not at all. Right. This nice person who wants to get to know everybody. And there's someone right. like really like, Whoa, yeah, be careful. I've, uh, you know, you get, you get their phone calls going on in the background about <laughs> how sketchy some person is who, who's only getting things because they think they're friends with all these other people. Um, there's a lot of strange clingers and hangers on in the skateboard culture. Correct. You kind of just spill, spin that wheel and you don't know where, you know, what position it's going to land in for you. You know, it's, it's a little dicey. I know. I understand. Like, like, well, like Facebook, 
friends or Instagram friends. And people are like, hey, we're friends on Instagram or I follow you. It's like, okay, but does that mean I know everything you're doing or know everything about you? And sometimes right. make assumptions that you know know what they do. Like I may see some of your stuff now and then you may see some of my stuff. I don't see everything. I, I, there's too many people I follow. There's too much going on. Um, it's just, uh, it, it's definitely a strange world when it comes to that. So, so tell me about your life. You, you got, uh, you got a kid, you, you, you're married. Um, yes. Well, I'm, I've been with my girl for, uh, I don't know, a little over 20 years now okay. and, uh, we're planning on probably finally getting married here. Okay. Pretty quick. Well, but you're, you're, you have a, you have a connected partner and you have, you Absolutely. have, to, that's awesome. Yep. And isn't, isn't being a parent amazing? It is totally amazing. I mean, I'm, you know, it, it didn't fully, you know, occur to me, you know, through many years, but, you know, after, you know, after my daughter was born, it was just like, it's, you know, the true, the true miracle of life. Well, yeah, you, you be, something becomes more important than you. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it becomes extremely important to the point that, you know, whatever I'm doing is, it's definitely not for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I have my children in their 20s now, but I mean, there's, there's nothing better in life than was, was raising my kids, growing up, going to their, their soccer games or whatever they did, and just letting them be kids, letting them learn how the, how the world works and uh, Absolutely. Try, trying to educate them on, on whatever level, trying to you know, make them stronger when kids are being mean and all that stuff that you never, you know, you don't think about a bully so much until it's on your kid. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, no, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I mean, like, it's... Uh, it's just crazy what having a, a kid does to you as far as, you know, turning on your protective mechanism and. Oh yeah. You want to just jump in there and it, I don't know. I think it's uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of <clears throat> online bullying and stuff happens now, you know, cause maybe people are too lazy to actually do it to their own, do it to faces or something. But back when I was growing up, you know, the jocks, they were, they were more than happy to, you know, bully me and stuff like that i mean we're talking real bullying we're not talking like this little like hey i saw you oh, do no, yeah you're talking drag around the corner and kick and yeah, like, yeah i mean that's that's how that's the bullying i grew up with in my neighborhood uh and it's where it was never about skateboarding it was just more about neighborhood bullies that were like wanted to be tougher than you or yeah and i don't think that happens so much anymore people don't get away with that yeah i don't i don't see it happening anymore and uh it was really weird in high school my freshman year you know, I was getting bullied pretty good by the jocks, actually, all the way through grade school. I mean, they saw me come and they loved me because I was just a little guy. But around my junior year, end of my junior year, you know, the skateboarding thing started to really kind of turn at that moment. By the time I started to graduate high school, it, it had almost sorted. I was in that transformation period where the jocks started wearing airwalks. Yeah. And it was a real trippy time. Like, I remember the the jock walked up to me one day. He's all, man, we love you. We'll beat anybody up for you. Who do you want us to beat up? <laughs> and I just looked at him all, yourself. Yourself, brother. And I just, I was just like, dude, I'm like checked out, dude. Well, because the funny thing is, I mean, people are fascinated with fame. You know, being, being skateboarders and getting sponsored, that gives us a, a taste of fame. Whatever level it is, um, we get to understand fame. And that fame is something that gets thrown at you. Um, because you're in a magazine, because you're in an advertisement, you're in a uh, whatever else. But we realize we're all just regular people, right? We found yeah. our, something we liked and we got lucky and we got sponsors right. out there. Um, but to that guy who's in school, most people are always, they're, they're always dreaming. Everyone's, I mean, it's, I mean, 
remember the first time, remember your cover you got in the magazine, what it felt like. It was like, holy shit, what a rad feeling. I mean, you're going to frame that. It's, you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? So Correct. Uh, most people never get that, you know? And, and so those guys sat and someone had a Thrasher magazine or a trans or that, and you got a picture in there. And, you know, and whether they let you see it or not, they like, hey, check this out. This Frankie kid, you know, Frankie's in there. You know what I mean? It's like, and so in their mind, they're, elevating you whereas before you had that they just wanted to beat you up because they were being the tough guy thing now they think you're famous oh don't mess with the famous kid let's we want to we want to ride his bootstraps and uh, it's kind of sad because it shows you how false fame is because now they're chasing you to be attached to you because they see a picture they you know there's whispers behind your back and before they just wanted to beat you up to prove they were tougher than you Um, yeah i guess it's just the sadness of human nature uh people fighting fighting for their place in this world. And I guess we just have to be lucky that we got something that allowed us to feel like we got elevated a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. It's just the perception that you, you ended up somewhere. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm as big a dumbass as anybody on earth, but Hey, I don't care. You know, it's like some guy, you know, like the fact that he, you know, saw me in a skateboard magazine, this life made, you know, made me feel good when my picture was in there. So, you know, I think that's No, I can, I, I agree completely, you know, it's, it's just a weird way to do it. You know, I, I think it was, uh, I was, I think I was a senior and, um, I had gotten in the movie hook, you know, with Steven Spielberg and Dustin Hoffman and Robert Williams and Julia Roberts. Yeah. Frank and, Carada uh, was in that with you? Wasn't uh, Frank well, in there? Yep. Frank yes. Carada got in there and, um, Adam McNabb. And, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like a miracle. Stacy really got us in there. You know yeah. I mean? It was just, just really like a full on miracle. Well, that was Powell, baby. Having the Powell association, you know, I mean, Powell, man, it was, that was, it was a golden child thing. I mean, if you were on Powell, you were a golden child. Just, yeah. It was just like a, like a beyond dream thing. And it was, you know, I got in the school newspaper and they're like, man, our skateboarder, he's doing this and that. And I got this little write-up and stuff. He's all, he's, he's amazing. And then on the top, it says, he's a junior. I, I was about ready to graduate, but yet they couldn't even get the year right. I'm just looking at it. I'm, I'm like, man, you know, it just kind of puts into perspective exactly where the focus is. You know, it's like you don't even really exist kind of thing. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, in, in, in reality, we're all just a speck of dust on this earth and we'll all come yeah. and go. You know, what yeah. we leave behind or what we you know what we do is up to us when it comes right down to it you know even these little podcasting we're doing like hey maybe you know they'll, they'll be sitting in some archive somewhere 20 30 years from now we'll, we'll, you know, will they get listened to by a lot of people or not you know what i mean like you know i don't do it for me it's fun it just keeps me connected to skateboarding you know uh, most of my business and stuff is still involved in skateboarding i print stickers so on and so forth and when i leave here i'm going to the barracks to drop some stuff off i mean it's like i'm just happy that at my age i still get to play around in the skateboard world rather than, you know, put a suit and tie on or something, but Correct. you know, I don't know. I mean, life, life's been pretty cool. So how do you think skateboarding ultimately has um, like really affected, affected your life and how you think about everything you do? Um, well, it affected it a couple of ways. One thing is for sure that it, that it showed me that you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. you, as long as you have a drive and you're not willing to throw the talent and you're willing to give literally everything, 
you got a great shot to win. And I just tried to bring that to different areas of my life. And, you know, it, it, you, you just try to keep the negativity away. And uh, so it, 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 definitely, it definitely brought that to my life. And, you know, of course, it's brought all the blessings. Like, you know, people still care about, you know, me 30 years after the fact. It helps. That helps our heart. Believe me, we know, we know that's one of the lucky things about ever getting put on that pedestal is just little bits of love that get cast upon us. It feels nice. It feels nice to, that somebody cares. Correct. Absolutely. And it's, it, you know, all the people and everything and it, you know, and yeah, I do make prosthetic teeth in my part time, but I'm trying to drive back into skating as much as I can. I'm trying currently i'm i'm gonna make an attempt to get a job back in the industry somewhere um it's kind of where i want to close out at yeah you know because well, I, at the it end of the day, good believe me i've worked in it, it most does. of my life you know yeah it's good for the heart because you care about it versus doing something that yeah you're help you're helping people so you feel good about that job and all but is it really personally the love that you have you know, maybe, you know, it is for skating. I know that for a fact, but so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just trying it to get back. Good. You know, yeah. you know, I, I, when I would used to walk out my factory and I'd see, you know, 1500 boards on racks getting, you know, screen printed like that. I mean, there was really no better feeling just to look at the boards and just know that they're going all over the world and people are going to have a good time on those things. And no matter what generation it is or was, those people are right. going to hold on to it forever they're gonna they're gonna never let go of it i mean skateboarding does something that i mean a lot of guys play baseball in high school and they'll talk about you know with their high school buddies later on like oh yeah i remember remember those rad times we had but those times ended when high school ended you know what i mean skateboarding is something that just goes on you know uh, and those uh people you go off and you get real jobs you do real things but um skateboarding burns something into your soul that i think there's like this craving that once you've learned how rad it feels to roll around on this thing and feel that motion and you know feel the g-forces on your body and stuff like that it, it's kind of a hard thing to let go of um yeah you know, and yeah, it's priceless. have you learned as you've gotten older to chill and let yourself have fun and not try to get too gnarly to like let yourself enjoy it and not 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 get upset that you can't do something as well as you used to Correct. Yeah. I mean, I get out there as much as I can. It's about once a week, once every two weeks. And I, 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 I try to keep it pretty low. I try to have the fun. Um, I'm basically, I'm going up against myself these days, of course. And sometimes I kind of get frustrated when I'm trying something and I fall a few times or whatever. And I'm like, oh, uh. and as soon as I, as soon as I say, oh, you know, why aren't you making this or this or that, or this kind of hurt you, uh, you know, as soon as I do that, I, I think instantly, my God, dude, you're out here. You're having fun. You know, this is exactly what you want to be doing. You know what I mean? So there's still that little like. Gears and make it fun. You know, like switch gears and, and stop thinking about making it hard. Just enjoy yeah. the ride. Exactly. It's a, it's a little bit of a battle because you've been so competitive for so, you know, such an ingrained thing. But it's, it's just being out there and having the fun and, you know, just enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, it definitely helps calm me down a little bit. 
I think you enjoy it. If you're a skateboarder and you really love it, it just, it does help calm you down. And I think I do see people, and the reason I ask is everyone's different. Some people can never let go of that. Some people can never not be gnarly. They're going to go out and just try to get gnarly, even if it puts them in a fucking wheelchair for a year and they get back up and, and two months later, they go try to get gnarly again. And then they're right back to limping around. It's like, I'm not wired that way. I still wish when I go skate somewhere that I was blasting higher, going faster, you know, but I literally, I just joke. I have three tricks. I go, I carve, I grind, I giggle like a little girl. You know I mean? I just freaking, I just try to like find movement and motion and, and love it. And some days, some days are better than others. Some days I'll freaking ollie over the hips and do board slide. And other days I just realize, you know what? I'm just not on my game. I'm going to hang up and just slam and it's going to hurt like shit. And I don't want that. So I just let myself enjoy the feeling of rolling. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's just right on the edge. Well, you it's know, old pros because there's expectations in our heads and sometimes other people's. That too, that too. And it, it drives me back to that time that the, the photographer, you know, kind of wheeled and dealed me out to UCSB where I exploded myself. It's pretty much closed me out a little bit there for a little bit, yeah. you know, where in my mind I'm thinking, you know, I had 30 years to contemplate it. And I'm, you got to know that you got to be selfish. You got to think of yourself. And that goes along with not trying to put yourself in a wheelchair real quick. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? And you also have to know that you, you, you real, your capabilities are only so much. If you skate four hours, you don't always have a fifth hour left. You know? um, Correct. And sometimes an opportunity has to be walked away from. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Ollie over a wall. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you got to walk away. Sometimes you can't just keep hammering away on it. You know, the lessons are learned and, you know, I mean, the ride doesn't go forever. So I'm interested in definitely just having fun. But at the same time, it's you want to try to get something accomplished. So it's it's a little bit of a battle, but well, I, I definitely has to do with how you're wired. You know, yeah. it does have to do with what you let yourself where you let your mind go with it. To me, I accomplish plenty if I go somewhere and I roll around the, I go to like a park and I roll around the whole thing. I do a couple laps around. I roll through the ball. I don't really focus on having to rip one spot or whatever like that. I just, if I had fun, I'm good, you know, and if I get the rhythm going more and I can actually focus on something, do a couple tricks or that's cool, but you know, I'm not going to let it ruin my day if, uh, if that's just not where I'm at. And I think, cause, cause yeah. now you're almost 50 years old, right? So That's right. At the end of the day, I think that's, that's where the love lies and just being able to go out there and cruise because if you want to just destroy yourself every, every time out, you know, one of those times you ain't coming back. And, uh, you know, if you really want to love it and cruise, then you're going to want to take your foot off the gas. And that's yeah, and well, I still want to skate when I'm, I mean, you know, on a, a couple of years when I'm 60, I still want to go out and do a grind on my 60th birthday. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I can only do that if I can walk on my 60th birthday and literally and decide, oh no, that's I'm going to spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair because I had to become a become too gnarly. So yeah, yeah that's right. It's an ongoing challenge. Yeah, absolutely, dude. The never-ending battle, dude. It is. It's a battle of our own head. But think about that one. We when you were first starting to skate, did you ever look? And I mean, we at our when we started skating back then, there was not guys our age really skating. You know, there there was uh, truly only one guy in my generation called Bill Door. Um, who skated, used to skate Upland. He, he, he you know, looked old, you know, was super nice, sort of that. but we were like, wow, that's cool. An old guy can skate. But it was like one dude, 
You know, yeah. I go out now to a skate park. Sometimes I go out there and skate with five 50 plus year old dudes and there's 15, eight year old kids watching us. So, so they're growing up seeing they have, they can skate into their fifties. We never really thought about it. So we're getting to watch it. You know, I did a podcast with Ray Flores, one of like original Dogtown guys. So he's 68, you know, he's going to be 69 this year and he can still go. Nice. So I'm waiting to see the first 70 year old guy grind in a pool and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, you know, so we're, we're definitely, we're guiding another generation in front of us. So we're the, we're the examples for them to show them how far it can go. Correct. Correct. And maybe what you have to do to get there, you know, yeah, Don, what, not, what, not to kill what, yourself what not to do. Yeah. What, yeah. What not to do probably. Yeah. I do believe that's part of it. We do. I kind of feel we owe kids to tell them what not to do. You yeah. Know, not lead them down that just path to destruction with a fantasy that, that, you know, it's going to take care of their life because literally let's talk about that. How many pro skaters have we seen through our generations? Hundreds, right? How many do we know that were absolutely a hundred percent completely set up and taken care of for life by skateboarding? Only a handful, you know, Correct. Um, first because there really isn't, there's not enough money to have 300 pro skateboarders that have millions of dollars in the bank. It really wasn't that much money to be spread around. There's more now and there's more outside sponsors, but, um, but the reality is, a very small percentage of even the guys that get to that title that we got, we both got that title, our name on board, so on and so forth. That didn't, that didn't mean our life was set. So, you know, and for any kid who even comes up today who, yeah, he hits it. He's the new kid. Um, it's unlikely to take care of him for the rest of your life. So skateboarding has to be part of people's lives, not their lives, you know, because otherwise it sends them off course and, and then, then they're lost. Okay. I'm 28 now and I haven't, I don't have any skills. And I don't, you know, I don't have a backup for a job and I don't even know what to do now. The industry just tossed me out and doesn't know what to do with me. So um, I kind of feel obligated to pass that word along to let kids know, get real, man, go to school, plan your life. If you get to be a pro skateboarder, you know, that's awesome. You're lucky, but don't go out there and spend your whole life thinking I'm going to be a pro skateboarder. It's a, it's a, not a very wise thing to chase, you know, yeah. I didn't plan <laughs> skateboarder was an accident right i'm sure it became it was an accident for you you just wanted to be a skateboarder and you liked it and somehow you found a path that took you there um but uh, i don't know that's how i see it no i totally see it the same way dude and 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 back you know in the early eight you know late 80s early 90s like we were saying there's only 50 guys whatever 40 guys you know, now you're looking at hundreds of thousands with one guy who's going to go out and try one trick and one up one guy one time Absolutely. a year. And you know what we don't have that we, that, or that they have that we also didn't have? We didn't have 500 guys around the world who could post their shit on YouTube or Instagram. Or yeah. I always knew there were guys in Europe and other states with that that just didn't have the... The, the wherewithal or the commitment or the desire to come out and compete against us. But there were always guys that could, could be posting big as big airs and videos as we were doing in the eighties, but they, you know, they were, they weren't, they weren't here where it was all happening. So, but now, so you got a kid who we've already exponentially gone from this like 50 to hundreds. And now he posts his videos out there to get attention. And he's got, of 10,000 other kids posting rad videos as well too. So it's like hard to even really find your way because the magazines don't really get read much anymore. No one's really seeing a magazine. So every social media. So imagine put a, putting ourselves back into that era and going, look, we're going to start putting our stuff on social media to get seen. And then right when we do, there's 600 kids that we don't even know 
that are that are trying to do the same thing. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely a whole new crazy world of trying to be noticed. Uh, right. Out. Yeah, it definitely makes it the challenge. Um, it, it seems like almost insurmountable at this point, but you know. Yeah. I guess some make it through the gauntlet. They do. They do. There's still some, and I don't know if it's um, uh, sheer ignorance of how difficult it is, so they just go for it anyways. Like, I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm just going to freaking go make it happen. And some are just so talented. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, I, would, I would hope to think most kids just do it because they love skateboarding and, and they have natural talent, and somehow the right mix of things falls in line for them. But um, it's, it's certainly a different world today. That's for sure. It'd be interesting to see how it continues to evolve, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see it. Uh, I mean, I, I would be amazed if it got any harder for these guys. <laughs> it well, seems so pretty I, on 40 years. I don't know how it can't. <laughs> yeah, true. Just keeps getting more difficult to get in there, but I, I just hope it doesn't go full. I don't you know how like snowboarding went from beautiful, fluid, you know, runs when the guy started riding half pipes and now guys just go in there and it just looks like a helicopter spinning from the time they start to the back. Yeah, correct. got to the fact that guys like, we go into a street course and we do these insane tricks just one after another, but none of them even look like anyone's having any sort of fun or any style. It's just all about like, you know, we just practice you know, technical spins and flips for hours and then we'd start sucking the soul out of it. You know, that would... Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, hopefully, ho luckily, skateboarding fought that one off better than, you know, better than some other stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, all I can say is, I've been skating for 45 years and I've watched all this growth. I'm lucky that ho hopefully I, you know, don't die young. We don't know how long we get to live. Hopefully I get to live to 75 or 80 and, and get to have watched the first 50 or 60 years of the history of skateboarding um, evolve. Because no matter what happens 100 years from now, this this first like 50 years, whatever like that, that's truly where it all came from. You know, everything right. be a new, you know, a, a duplicate of variation. Remember, we got to, we got to witness stuff get invented that no one had no one had ever tried before. You know, yeah, perfect timing happen again. Now kids just put it. They just they've seen something backwards, forwards. You know, different tricks, and they just combine them. Uh, but they didn't get the opportunity that we did to just like guess, like let's try this, and uh, yeah, and you invent. Yeah, let's just throw it this way. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. So who knows? I guess uh, I guess we'll just have to sit back and watch. Yeah, but, uh, it's, been, maybe, it's, been I, I, it, it's been great talking to you. I mean, I like this. Yeah, it's been great, dude. I've I've enjoyed it. Yeah. So we'll, you know, I mean, we'll we'll probably, you know, I'll put this out in a couple weeks and. Uh, cool. You know, and, and then we'll let the shit talking begin. I'm only kidding. Um, All right. <laughs> you know, I'm learning every time. I, well, I get really excited. I, I have a bad habit of interrupting and, and, you know, sharing my own stories and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm trying to get better at it. Every time I listen to a podcast, I go, okay, I, I only sucked 20% of the time that time. You know, I mean, last time it was 70% of the time. So, um, no, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's the history of skating. And, you know, I mean, we we both got a, a pretty intense history, and it's it's all it's all it's all information. You know, I'm I'm interested as much as anybody. You know, yeah, so am I, and that's what I think. I think the the greatest thing is if a lot of these only get listened to by people that are kind of in this in the industry. Wherever I don't care. I mean, it's it's the culture. Is we like to know who's who and how they, you know, 
what people grew up into and even you like to hear how they talk and um Correct. and share stories and I, I i try to look for different stories because you know we, we could just say let's go back to your video and talk about the intensity of that and a lot of people just focus on that and i'm like no oh, well, we already know that happened we already know it was gnarly let's we watched it for 40 years <laughs> life, man let's you know so, well, so, so give that uh, give that little sweetie of yours a big hug for me. Tell her uh, I will. I will. Uh, said goodbye to, to Ariel, and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And keep enjoying every minute with her. I'm telling you that the time goes by fast. My little baby girl's 22, and it was just yesterday that she was five. So, um, blink, blink of the eye. So enjoy every minute. Correct. No, I, I totally, I, I totally will, dude. I appreciate it. All right, Mark from Art School is going to be stoked you wore his Art School shirt. All right, yeah. I'm going to throw a shout-out to Mark from uh, Art School, Qualcheck. You know, great artist, great friend. Good dude. You know, I, yeah, just a good And really, dude, really good dude. I also want to throw a shout-out to Skate Hoarding, you know, the best hover mount deck display on the planet. And, uh, you know, I mean, throw a shout-out to everybody who cares about skateboarding, you know what I mean? And, and find your own find your own path man in skateboarding enjoy it make it fun that's all i really want to always tell people just make your skateboarding fun don't don't let it suck the fun out let it be fun find Correct. fun so absolutely dude that's what i did after i you know i had the knee surgery and it took me a few more years and i came out with a video um you know about six or seven years later it was really to to say to skateboarding you know i'm, I'm gonna go out walking I'm, I'm not going to go out in a wheelchair. I'm going to go out skating into the sunset because I love it. You know what I mean? You got to, that's the bottom line, man. We love it. So you want to continue doing it. That's the whole point. I agree. And I forego difficult stuff every time I skate. Uh, I really don't think I ever push myself past half of my ability because I want to skate the next time I skate more than I want to go out big. You know what I mean? So makes uh, sense. Yeah. So let's keep doing it. Let's keep having fun. I do. I want to. Let's do this again. If I'm if I'm up your way, I'll you up. If you come down to Orange County, look me up. Let's hang out. Right. Sounds good, Jim. Thank you very much. No problem. Have a good one and uh, say hi to the family. Thank you, man. You as well.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.